Good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they. My name is Celeste, my pronouns is she, her. And what are we talking about tonight, Celeste? Tonight on the Dreary Midnight Podcast, we are discussing black-eyed children. Ooh. Ooh, ah. Let- <laughs> Let's get into it. Intro music. Intro music. <laughs> that really should be the theme song. <laughs> Alright, so, okay. Black Eyed Kids. Yeah, so what do you actually know about Black Eyed Kids? So, Black Eyed Children, I know it started, or at least the first recorded thing of the phenomenon was it, back in like the 90s, mm-hmm. and it was just someone writing up, like, this is this weird thing that happened to me the other night, and then a bunch of people were like, oh my god, I saw something like that, um, and now yeah. it's like this whole Reddit phenomenon or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So basically, right. Black Eyed Children, um, otherwise known as Black Eyed Kids or BEKs, as yeah. some people call them online, that is a more recent phenomenon, um, kind of a urban legend, modern day cryptid. Yeah. So what you were saying is right in the 1990s, that's the first reported, um, you know, like oh i saw something weird and then a bunch of people were like oh in the 1950s my aunt saw something so (laughs) we don't actually have any evidence but it's fun to talk about so the first report of black-eyed kids happened in the 1990s so in 1998 brian bethel a journalist Mm. from texas Mm. posted an encounter that supposedly happened to him in 1996 so two years previous um and he posted this uh, account on an online messaging board, messaging board, which was alt.folklore.ghoststories. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So really leaning into the message board early Reddit. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. This is pre-Reddit, but, you know, it was the yeah. 1990s, so yeah. messaging message boards were how people communicated online. Okay. He was like a frequent poster on this yeah. uh, folklore website. Yeah. And so I'm going to read out First, his original manuscript, so we can see what we're working with. Okay. Um, though I will say, since he was writing in a way that he was trying to be entertaining, I did cut out some stuff that I didn't think was relevant. Okay. So this is mostly the story. I just cut out some stuff in the beginning that was okay. like tangenty. Okay. All right. So from Brian Bethel, my internet service provider used to have offices in a shopping center. Uh, there was a drop box at that original location. The monthly bill was due and thus... There, but for the grace of the net, I went. Because this was in the 1990s where you couldn't pay bills online. (laughs) But one would think that of all the bills one could pay online, the internet bill would be the bill that you could pay online. Think about how computers used to look back then, Lisa. That is true. You could do anything online besides (laughs) post message boards and emails. That is true. So. Anyway. It was about 9.30 p.m. when I left. From my apartments, it's about 10 to 15 minutes or so to downtown. So this happened in Texas, by the way. Right next to Camelot Communications' old location is a $1.50 movie theater. At the time, the place was featuring that masterwork of modern film, Mortal Kombat. (laughs) The world's uh, most wonderfully cinematic film. (laughs) Have you ever watched the Mortal Kombat movie? No. It's so bad. Okay. I recommend it. We should, uh, Patreon stream, let's do it. <laughs> it's so, it's, I think it's gory. I mean, obviously it's gory, but it's 1990s yeah. gory. Okay. Which is like, not. Not. Anyway. <laughs> I drove by the theater on the way into the center proper and pulled into an empty parking space. Using the glow of the marquee to write out my check, I was started, I was startled to hear a knock on the driver's side window of my car. Hmm. I looked over and saw two children staring at me from the street. Both appeared to be in that semi-mystical stage of life children get into where you can't exactly tell their age. Both were boys, and my initial impression is that they were somewhere between 10 to 14. Hmm. Boy number one was the spokesman. Boy number two didn't speak during the entire conversation, at least not in words. Mm. Boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover, hooded shirt with a sort of gray checkered pattern in jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had, and he had curly, medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Hmm. 
Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristics seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was sort of pale orange. Hmm. They didn't appear to be related, at least directly. Oh great, I thought, they're gonna hit me up for money. And then the air changed. Hmm. I've explained this before, but for the benefit of any new lurkers out there, right before I experience something strange, there's a change in perception that comes about, which I described in the above manner. It's basically enough time to know it's too late. Mm. So there I was, filling out a check in my car, which was still running, and in a sudden panic over the appearance of two little boys. I was confused, but an overwhelming sense of fear and unearthliness rushed in nonetheless. Mm. The spokesman smiled, and the sight, for some inexplicable reason, chilled my blood. I mm. could feel fight or flight responses kicking in. Mm. Something I knew instinctually was not right, but I didn't know what it could possibly be. Mm. I rolled down the window very, very slightly and asked, yes? The spokesman smiled again, broader this time. His teeth were very, very white. Hey, mister, what's up? We have a problem, he said. His voice was that of a young man, but his diction, quiet, calm, and something I still couldn't put my finger on made my desire to flee even greater. Hmm. You see, my friend and I went to want to see the films, but we forgot our money, he continued. We need to go to our house to get it. Want to help us out? Okay, journalists are required to talk to lots of people, and that includes children. I've seen and spoken to lots of them. Here's how that usually goes. Uh, mister, can I see the camera? I won't break it or anything, I promise. My dad has a camera, and he lets me hold it sometimes, I guess. And I took a picture of my dogs. It wasn't very good, because I got my finger in the way, and... And then some feet shuffling and or body swing, and you've got a typical kid talking to a stranger. In short, they're usually apologetic. People generally teach children that when they talk to adults, they're usually bothering them for some reason or another, and they should be polite. This kid was in no way fitting the mold. His command mm. of language was incredible, and he showed no signs of fear. Mm. He spoke as if my help was a for foregone conclusion. When he grinned, it was as if he was trying to say, I know something and you're not going to like it, but the only way you're going to find out is will be to do what I say. Hmm. Uh, well, was the best reply I could offer. Now, here's where it starts to get strange. It's the not already strange? I know. <laughs> My, from Celeste's perspective, it could be that this is just a really articulate kid, and yeah. he's just not used to it, but yeah. now yeah. it's starting to get supernatural. Okay. All right. The quiet companion looked at the spokesman with a mixture of confusion and guilt on his face. He seemed in some ways shocked, not with his friend's brusque manner, but that I didn't just immediately open the door. He eyed me nervously. The spokesman seemed a bit perturbed, too. I still was registering something wrong with both. Come on, mister, the spokesman said again, smooth as silk. Now we just want to go and go to our house, and we're just two little boys. That no, really scared me. <laughs> no actual 12-year-old wants to be called a little boy. No. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That really scared me. Something in the tone and diction again set off alarm bells. My mind was frantically trying to process what I was, what it was perceiving about the two figures that was wrong. Uh, um, was all I could manage. I felt myself digging my fingernails into the steering wheel. What movie were you going to see? I asked finally. Mortal Kombat, of course, the spokesman said. The silent one nodded in affirmation, standing uh, a few paces behind. Oh, I said. I stole a quick glance at the marquee and at the clock in my car. Mortal Kombat had been playing for an hour, the last showing of the evening. Oh. The silent one looked increasingly nervous. I think he saw my glances and suspected that I might be detecting something was not above board. Hmm. Come on, mister. Let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know, the spokesman said soothingly. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. We locked eyes. To my horror, I realized that my hand had strayed toward the, lock, the door lock, which was engaged, and I was in the process of opening it. I pulled away, probably a bit too violently, but it did force me to look away from the children. I turned back. Er, um, I offered weakly, and my mind snapped into sharp focus. For the first time, I noticed their eyes. They were coal black, no pupil, no iris, just two staring orbs reflecting the red and white light of the marquee. 
At that point, I know my expression betrayed me. The silent one had a look of horror on his face in a combination that seemed to indicate A, the impossible had just happened, and B, we've been found out. Mm-hmm. The spokesman, on the other hand, wore a mask of anger. His gl- eyes glittered brightly in the half-light. Come on, mister, he said. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. That last statement scared the living hell out of me because at that point, by his tone, he was plainly saying, we don't need a gun. Mm. He noticed my hand shooting down towards the gear shift. The spokesman's final words contained an anger that was complete and whole and yet contained in some respects a tone of panic. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Oh my god. I like a vampire. I ripped the car into reverse. Thank goodness no one was coming up behind me and tore out of the parking lot. I noticed the boys in my peripheral vision and stole a quick glance back. They were gone. The sidewalk by the theater was deserted. I drove home in a heightened state of panic. Had anyone attempted to stop me, I would have run on through and faced the consequences later. I bolted into my house, scanning all around, including the sky. What did I see? Maybe nothing more than some kids looking for a ride and some really funky contacts. Yeah, right. Mm. A friend suggested they were vampires with the old let us in bit and my compelled response to open the door. That and the we'll go see our mother thing. I'm still not sure what they were, but here's an epilogue I find chilling. Mm. I talk about Chad a lot. He's still my best friend, my best ghost hunting companion, and an all-around cool guy. Mm. I called him and talked to him briefly. He had two female friends with him at the time, both professing some type of psychic ability. I started telling him the story, leaving out the part about the black guys for the kicker. Mm. One of the women, we were on uh, speakerphone, stopped me. Mm. These children had black eyes, right? She asked. I mean, all black? Uh, yes, <gasps> I said. I was a bit taken aback. Hmm, she said. One night last week, I had a dream about children with, bl- children with black eyes. They were outside my house wanting to be let in, but there was something wrong with them. It took me a while to realize it was the eyes. I hadn't even gotten as far as them wanting to come in, is what uh, Brian said. What did you do? I asked. I kept the doors and windows locked, she said. I knew if they came in, they would kill me. She paused, and they would have killed you too if you had let them into your car. <sighs> and that's where Brian Bethel's story ends. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so he had posted that. Um, and I'll post the link. the link to the full story if you want to read it. I I pretty much kept in everything that was about the black-eyed kids. The only thing that I left out was like some preamble in the beginning and at the end. Cool. Because he was putting this a mes- message board. So he was oh, like, yeah. and that's the story, guys. <laughs> um so that was the first time that somebody put black-eyed kids on the internet. Okay. In the 1990s. Okay. So that was posted in 98, you said? About yes, an incident in 96. In, yes, exactly. Okay. So, right. first of all, what do you think so far? I mean... Had you heard that story before? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I had heard the full iteration with the friends and the psychics and the everything, um, but I had heard the basic beats of, like... I think I've heard Brian Bethel get interviewed about mm-hmm. Black Eyed Kids on um, Astonishing Legends, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Also, Astonishing Legends, if you want deep dives, they did 13 hours on Bigfoot. So, oh, wow. you know, they're yeah. really great for the deep dives. So I had heard him, I think I've heard him talk about it, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering correctly. But He's been I, interviewed a lot, and he still insists that it was real. Yeah. I mean... Again, if you're putting that out on the... You wouldn't put that out on the internet, at least being the first person to do so without thinking yeah. it's, like, a real thing. Later incidents, yeah, But, like, <laughs> very first incident, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of Brian TVH, especially considering how entertaining his story was. Well, and... and it, he is a writer. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, I wonder if it's just, like... If you're retelling this wild thing that happened That's true. to your friends and it's a few years on and you have your retrospect glasses on when talking to your friends, then maybe you're yeah. going to amp things up a little also, bit. Also, he was putting it on message boards. He didn't. He probably didn't think this would become an online sensation. Yeah. He was, this was in the 90s before yeah. the internet was like a huge yeah. widespread thing. Yeah. And, um, and he was just posting on some message board that he was just really into. Yeah. He was like, here's my experience. Yeah. And, like, YouTube didn't exist yet, so you're there's not anything... Like, now there's things on Am I the Asshole that are so well-written and so sensationalized uh-huh. that in order to get onto a YouTube video, 
that kind of cultural discourse probably wasn't happening in 1998. And so it could be attributable to maybe a 15% extra ham because he's talking to people he mm-hmm. feels like he knows, but yeah. maybe not like the 800% extra ham because he wants to reach an audience. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Also, it's interesting in his story how he didn't notice the eyes until he noticed that he was opening the door. Yeah. Like yeah. it seemed kind of like his mind wasn't registering what he was seeing. Yeah. But just kind of a had, theme. Yeah. <laughs> well, because didn't he say that he got that weird sensation where it's already too late to run? Yeah. So maybe he's just trying to take things moment by moment at mm-hmm. that point, like lizard survival brain kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is the first, since this is the first time anyone's talking about the black guy children. I mean, it's in the name, but also um, he probably wanted to like, put all the details in before he got into it and then they had black eyes yeah that is true so i have a few other stories but for, for real quick we're going to talk about encounters with black eyed children like general what okay. happens to people okay so um most reports describe that you know they're these kids that are trying to be let in either usually into your house or into like your car or into um you know like if you're working at a gas station at night or something they want to get past the threshold exact capacity so most reports describe these kids as wearing modern clothing but some people report the kids as wearing old or um, antiquated clothing sometimes they have most of the times they have like bangs or hats or sunglasses something that will cover their eyes well didn't uh brian say that they were wearing hoodies Mm -hmm. did they have their hoods up I think so. Well, let me double check. Well, then, couldn't he, how was he able to tell the hair color if the hoods were up? Well, I'm guessing the hoods weren't completely covering. They were uh, probably just like yeah. just giving a visor. You oh, know? Because yeah. when you put your hood up, if you're, you have bangs or something, oh, your yeah, that is front, true. you can That's still true. see yeah. what the hair looks like. It's just, um, it, it gives another. It was also nighttime. Oh, yeah. So I think there could have been more shadow than than if this was in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyway. Because it was like nine at night or something like that. Yeah. All right. So kids try to get past the threshold and hiding their faces. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they're children between uh, six to 16. Actually, I think almost all of them. I think the highest age is like 16, 17. Hmm. And they never say how old they are. It's just kind of guesstimate. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it could be, like, a really, really tall 14-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Um, they're usually pale with light-colored hair. And they almost always travel in pairs. Huh. Yeah. I, there's been... Uh, there were a couple ones that were just one and a couple that were, like, three. Uh. But for the most part, like, 90% of the time, they travel in two. They can be boys or girls. And usually one appears older than the other. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Before you can see their eyes... They look like normal kids. And then you see their eyes, and their eyes are solid black with no distinction between pupil iris and whites. Okay. So think of like... Yeah, you know, just full black. Full black. They always insist on being let in, and usually the older one is the one asking to be let in. Yeah. The younger child will be quiet or shy, and some mm. witnesses report feeling a strong urge to help the younger child. Huh. Okay. Which makes me think it's a tag team thing where the older child is being the one that is the one that's being assertive. Oh, and yeah. And like, let us in. Yeah. My little brother is cold or something. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, the yeah. younger one, because they're like, seen as like helpless yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. small, it yeah. gets that instinct yeah. of wanting to help. Yeah. Let me see. So another thing, black eyed kids don't talk or act like children. Mm. Um, they're usually very confident. Mm. And they use rehearsed or mechanical language. Mm. They're also overly polite, which like they do the please, the sir, mm. the yeah. ma'am type thing. Until you, if if you refuse, for the most part, they'll just leave. Sometimes they get angry and they huh. insist yeah. on being let in. Yeah. And then they also have some sort of power or pool or something that makes people want to let them in, even if they don't realize what they're doing. Huh. Hence the Brian oh, like, like not realizing until already, yeah yeah they also invoke an, an easy feeling when they're around so they invoke terror and panic in people 
from adults to children and animals. Hmm. And oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, a lot of times animals are acting strangely when they're around, which we will get into. Okay. Um, this is something that I saw because it was it was like um, mythology.net mythical creatures, black-eyed children. Oh. <laughs> but so this is the kind of the list um, that I'm pulling from. But also, I saw a lot of these in uh, stories I looked up. Okay. But I, I didn't see the story with this one. But apparently, they've been able to track people from town to town. Huh. So people might see them repeatedly. Huh. Like the same pair of kids? Yeah. Uh, were you able to see if they were wearing, like, the same set of clothes? Or? No, because like I said, I haven't... I didn't see any of the oh, stories that yeah, I yeah. looked up. Okay. But apparently, that's a trait also, is that they've been able to track people. Mm. Uh, because there's so many black-eyed kid stories. Yeah. It's hard yeah, to yeah. read them all. Yeah. And then... um. Sometimes they speak in rehearsed phrases like we need to use your phone or our parents are coming soon. And sometimes they use old-fashioned expressions like saying telegraph instead of telephone. Huh. Are these the same kids that are also wearing the slightly outdated clothing? Probably. Okay. Yeah. And then, however, they do respond. So they do seem to be intelligent because they respond accordingly. So if you say, oh, you can't come inside to use the phone or like, oh, I don't have phone service. They'll say something. Be like, can we go and use your bathroom? Oh. Or like, can we come inside and warm up? Like uh, they'll they'll change whatever they'll change they're asking, yeah, yeah, to try to get you to yeah. comply. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes after an encounter, people will have nightmares, or will have trouble sleeping, or have um, or develop agoraphobia. Mm. That's the yeah, fear of going fear out, of going outside, right? Yeah. yeah. So those are the um, general blueprints for black-eyed children. They're mm. um, uh, traits mm. and how people generally feel while encountering them. Okay. So now I'm going to read two more stories from Reddit. Okay. Um, one of them is longer, one of them is shorter. Okay. So this one took place, it's 10 years ago, so I'm going to guess 2013-ish. Okay. Um, this is from Reddit. So 2012, 2013? Yeah. Okay. Let me preface this by saying I'm no means... A writer, just a domestic engineer living in North Texas. Again, another one that happened in Texas. Mm. Also, I don't believe in the paranormal, ghosts, demons, aliens, whatever. However, I did have an event happen to me this Halloween, I have to admit, has me scratching my head. Mm. So it had been a slow trick-or-treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in ours and have a constant parade at our door. That night, I'd say we had no more than eight or ten groups of kids come by the entire night. It was about 9.30 p.m., and my husband and I were sitting in our family room watching some of those ghost shows based on supposedly actual events. We like, should do an episode on those. Yeah, I love those shows. <laughs> Same. Anyway. A haunting. Yeah. Like I said, I don't believe in that stuff, but I do like a good ghost story now and then, and it was Halloween. We hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour, and it was getting late, so we decided to turn the porch light off and let our dog Chloe out of her crate. Mm -hmm. Chloe's an American bulldog and is very docile. We only put her in her crate because we were afraid she'd try to go out and play with all the kids, and I didn't want to have to chase her down the street. Also, we didn't want her to scare any of the kids because she would look a little intimidating to younger children. Yeah, I mean, if if it's the kind of dog that I'm thinking of, it is probably the yeah. same height as a small child. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I turned the light, outside light off, let Chloe out, and she followed me back to the couch and lay down at my feet. It was getting close to 10 p.m. when my husband decided he'd had enough for, fun for the night and was going to go upstairs, take a shower, and get ready for bed. My teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so, mm. so that left me alone with the on the couch with Chloe. Now, just because I don't believe doesn't mean these ghosts, these shows don't freak me out a bit. Mm. And being alone now watching, I'd have to say I was on, kind of on edge, mm. as it were. Mm. It wasn't long after I heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on when there came a light knock, knock, knock at the front door. My initial reaction was, what the hell, really? It's almost 10 o'clock, go home. Mm. But soon an uneasy feeling came over me. Mm. Why the knock? Our doorbell gl glows in the dark, and without the porch light, it would be extra obvious to anyone there. Mm. I paused. I couldn't really ignore it. Our front door has a big beveled glass panel, and anybody right at the door could see in enough to see someone was in the family room watching TV. Uh. It would be pretty rude for me to sit there and not answer it. Side tangent. 
This is why I get uneasy when houses have like big glass door, yeah. like big glass windows. Because yeah. I'm like, anyone could see. My parents' door has this, um, but what they did was they put like a decal of stained glass oh, over the great. door that's, window that's smart. because yeah. my parents are probably the same way where they're yeah. like, we don't want people looking into our house. <laughs> yeah. So who knew? Uh, if you wanted to deter black eye kids, just put a uh, stained glass window cling and you'll yes. be fine. <laughs> Um, knock, 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 again from the door. I glanced down at Chloe and she was gone. My gaze followed her usual path to the front door, expecting her to be on her way as she normally does. Nothing. She wasn't mm. there. Mm. Where is she? I stood up to look around the room better and found her, crouching by the back door like she was <gasps> wanting out. Oh no. However, she never asked to go out like that. She always comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee. Oh. This was totally out of character for her and I have to say heightened my anxiety. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Chloe, crate, I said. She just turned back to look at me like, hell no, lady, I ain't moving. <laughs> Chloe is smart. Yeah. Chloe deserves extra treats. This is, I, I'll always trust your animals. Yeah. Always trust your yeah, animals. Yeah. They have instincts that we do not. Yeah. I yelled up to my husband, but he was already in the shower. I knew there was no chance of him hearing me. Knock, knock, knock. About that time, a car drove down our street and cast just enough light on the door to see, to where I could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. I instantly felt relief. It was just some kids, probably a couple of my neighbors on their way back home and wanted to show me, stop by and show me their costume or something. I headed to the door and looked back to make sure Chloe wasn't going to follow. What a great watchdog, I thought to myself as she just sat there. Hmm. I turned on the porch light when I got to the door and sure enough, I could see through the glass that it was a couple of pretty small kids. A little late for such young ones, I thought, and I began to wonder what kind of parent would let their kids run on the street that late at night. I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape if she was to follow me, which was about only two feet. What struck me immediately as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. They were normal street clothes. Also, no customary trick-or-treat either. I began to feel uneasy again. It was a boy and a girl. The girl, to my left, was older. I'd say about 11 or 12. I could tell she was blonde, but couldn't make out any distinct features as our lights were high from high above and on columns at the front of the porch, so most of the light was coming from behind them. Hmm. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light to, from inside to hit them directly. Hmm. So they're kind of in between the, yeah. the lights right now. Didn't they say that the porch light was off? They said the por her porch light was off. I'm guessing... Because my parents have multiple lights on their porch. Oh, yeah. So I'm guessing it's like there's lights that are Could going, be like the path lights or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing there are lights that are illuminating toward the door. And then there are probably also lights that illuminate toward the outside. Oh, okay. And I'm guessing the lights illuminate toward the outside are off. Okay. Let me reread yeah. that real quick. Because, like I said, my parents have two sets of porch lights. Yeah. So that's what I was imagining. Yeah. I mean, it could well be that, like, I know at my parents' place, there's, like, a couple steps up to get to the porch, and there's a couple of lights that illuminate the steps. So maybe it's something similar, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, that's why. I, I reread it. It said the porch light was on, was off, but she turned it on before okay. she opened okay, the okay. door. Okay. Okay. So, she had, she turned the porch lights on. Hmm. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light to, from inside to hit them directly. Hmm. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter, I'd say eight or nine, and looked to have light brown hair. Hmm. The girl very politely spoke up. Ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to call our mom? As she spoke, something in the pit of my stomach was telling me something was wrong. Mm. What kid, even at that age, doesn't have a cell phone of their own these days? I couldn't remember the last time I'd had anybody ask to use my home phone. Mm. Um, hun, don't you have a phone of your own you can call your mom on? I asked. This is when things got really weird. Both kids turned to look at each other like they were going to say something to one another, but neither even ever spoke. They both turned back to me and said, the girl said, Ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? We are alone out here and my brother is scared. Mm. So... Oh, so it seems like it was an unforeseen like, circumstance. Yeah. They yeah. were like telepathic communicating with each other yeah. or like something. Yeah. And then like I, like I had said before, she changed it yeah. to be like, oh, well, I don't have yeah. a cell phone battery yeah. or whatever. 
but like even then like if you're a 12 year old with a because she said it was the kid was about 12 right the older one yeah so i mean even if you've had a phone for a while you learn pretty quickly like at this point especially in like 2012 2013 you if you're desperate you can ask for hey can i borrow your charger yeah or can we come in to use the charger and or call our mom yeah. um not just than, that but it, it, she would have led with hey my phone's dead can yeah. i use your phone yeah or your charger or whatever yeah yeah also the way that they're speaking doesn't sound like children yeah you know yeah. we you and i regularly work with middle schoolers yeah they <laughs> don't sound like that they don't sound like that i mean maybe middle schoolers knew how to talk to adults in 2012 i don't remember i was in high school so you know oh yeah that's true yeah 2012 we were in college uh i no i graduated in 2011 yeah no (laughs) i was yes you're a singular year older than me (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) okay uh back to the story I have to admit there were two competing feelings going on inside me. The first, that of a mother's heart that wanted to help these two small children get to their mom. Hmm. The other, a sinking fear in my gut that was keeping the other feeling at bay. Hmm. It was then that I noticed that during the short conversation, I'd already opened the door a few extra inches, which I was completely unaware of doing. Hmm. I stopped. Honey, why don't you give me your mother's number and I can call her myself. Smart. Another pause, and they again looked at one another. After a short moment, they turned back to me, and the girl said, Ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please come inside while you call our mom? And with that last statement, the little girl moved closer toward the door, like she was going to just walk on in by me. As she did, she stepped into the light coming from inside the house, and I got my first real good look at her. Solid, jet black eyes. That's all I could see. That motherly instinct was gone and replaced by terror. I don't think I've ever felt in my life. I could feel every hair on my arms and back of my neck standing at attention. Mm. I closed the door to where just my face was able to stick out. Honestly, I would have just just slammed it shut. (laughs) The little girl stopped and again pleaded. Please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. Then, Mm. like on cue, both kids began to whimper and cry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so un- unnerving yeah. oh my god yeah that's when the fear took over and i shut and locked the door i'll call your mom if you give me the number i shouted through the door dude props to this woman yeah. because i would have just yeah i wouldn't have talked to them anymore yeah for real but i'm not letting you in my house i could still see them stand there on the porch just staring at me through the beveled glass pane Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where they were. That would have freaked me out even more to not know where they were. Yeah. After what seemed like forever, but probably only a few seconds, I decided I'd call my neighbor that lives across the street. As I made my way to the side table by our couch to my phone, I glanced at the back door. Chloe was nowhere to be found. (gasps) We later found her in the guest room under the bed. Oh. I know. Poor Chloe. When I got to my phone and started to look uh, for his contact info, it was only then the kids stepped away from the door and began to walk to the street. As mm-hmm. they did, I walked to the, door, to the door to get a better look to where they went, still not calling my neighbor. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see out enough to make people's shapes, make out uh, people's shapes, but you can't see that much detail. Mm-hmm. Of course, standing that close to the door would make you pretty obvious to anyone outside yeah. looking in. Yeah, yeah. From the door, I could see that the kids were still standing under the street lamp nearest my house staring at me. (gasps) This is so creepy. Do you see why I had trouble sleeping at night after I did the research for this? Yes, oh my god. As I lifted the phone to my ear after calling, only then did the kids start walking down our street. I met my neighbor out under the lamp once he was out there, but the kids were nowhere to be seen. Hmm. Like I said, I don't believe in any of this stuff and had never even heard about black-eyed kids before talking to my friend. What I really think, what I have to think, is that those kids were just out yanking people's chains on Halloween night. Mm. But I will say this for them. They were good. They scared the S out of me and my dog. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first story. Any thoughts? Uh, As you could see, there were some things that were consistent with the other story as well. So, 
from what I could tell, it's, as you said, they're traveling in pairs, and the older is the talking one, and there is that lizard brain gut feeling that yeah. something is wrong. Lizard brain gut feeling. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the animal reacted poorly. Yeah. yeah. What were the other notes? Oh, yeah. They had very polite, like, not antiquated language, but, but still, like... For 2013, 2012, yeah. kids yeah. don't speak like that. Yeah. Like, unless... I mean, you said it was in Texas, right? Yeah. And so every student group I've had, like, south of Richmond, Virginia, they teach sir and ma'am. There's polite. So, There's politeness. Yeah. But it's a different kind of politeness. It seems, like, overly... I don't know the way that kids speak they're very they're polite like definitely the southern politeness mm. but it's more like oh um can I please come in my mother said she's beyond her way or something like yeah they're more maybe I'm just I don't know yeah. they're a little more shy yeah is what I've noticed yeah and I mean I'm even thinking of student groups that I've had recently and even with the groups that will do this certain ma'am they'll be like ma'am i'm so sorry my phone just died could yeah, i yeah, yeah. do or whatever they'll lead with the apology of i i think as brian bethel alluded to like sorry to bother yeah. someone who's clearly twice my age mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah because kids are kind of taught that like they're an adult they're your superior you show them yeah. respect yeah you know don't be an inconvenience sort of thing which is sad but also yeah um these kids are like, you have to let me in. Like, yeah. they're asserting themselves. Yes. Yeah. Which then sort of leads the, lends the question, maybe, like, whatever entities they are, are fully brain developed and fully body developed. Mm-hmm. And so they speak with the authority of... An adult. Yeah. yeah. And if you, since we're kind of talking about it i have a short encounter here that's yeah. from a child's perspective okay um this one's kind of short okay. it's only like a paragraph long but okay. i thought it was interesting so i wanted to bring it in uh this is also from reddit um this was called my only encounter with a black-eyed kid okay <laughs> on march 17th 2008 i had my one and only encounter with a black-eyed kid before my experience i had never heard of anything having to do with black-eyed kids I was 12. I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's in an old Chevy pickup, waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed and I saw some kid walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of my parked car. First, I thought I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front windshield until he looked my way. Hmm. It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. The boy walked over to the side of my car and just stared. I think to let me get a good look at his eyes. To freak me out. Let me tell you. If you have never seen a black-eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils black as the night sky. The boy whispered, you must let me in. And then I locked the car doors and ducked down into the space below the seats. Oh, shit. Five minutes later, he was gone. When my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had come into the hairdresser and insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car. (gasps) She refused. Thank God she did. Good grief. But then how did this kid know that that was the key holder and that that was the mom? That's the creepy thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, imagine you're just getting your hair done and this kid comes in and he's like, Give let me, me into your car. your car. <laughs> and yeah. you're oh my like, God. no, nope. my child is in there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so obviously there's not that same level of respect when they're yeah. talking to another kid. Yeah. As they are when they're talking to an adult. So they must yeah. know some sort of like adults will give things to kids who are polite yeah whereas kids will give things to kids who are intimidating yeah oh my god right yeah anyway (laughs) on we go okay so next story well before we get into the last story okay is the last one the one with the they do come in and it's the the men in black and the cat freaks (laughs) out (laughs) yeah okay and i'm gonna read the story but first before i get into that i want to talk about Let's just dissect, let's take a step back real quick from the spooky stories. Okay. And let's dissect the explanations for what these black-eyed kids could be. Okay. So you alluded to that before. Okay. So a lot of people think, I think the most prevalent theory is that there's some sort of alien-human hybrid. Okay. And that they're somehow associated with the men in black. Okay. Now, I wasn't a, I, I like looked like up 
black eyed kid theories, black eyed kid explanations, and nothing came out. It was just mm-hmm. a bunch of stories. Yeah. So I, this is just kind of or things yeah. that I've pieced together based on other people's like stories that yeah. I, these are like, yeah, yeah. my explanations. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people think that they're weird human alien hybrids. Um, okay. Well, that will lend to the uncanny valley kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like your lizard brain is registering that something's not going on. Exactly. And when I say lizard brain, I mean like the way back recesses of your brain that are the like subconscious your basically. subconscious uh that controls like eat sleep shit breathe uh <laughs> run from danger yeah like the Fight part yeah the part of your brain that's responsible for safe not safe and mm-hmm. pretty much all sentient animals have where also it's like the safe, part of not your safe. brain that that you can blame whenever you're like what's wrong with me how come i did that <laughs> well <laughs> Maybe. Usually it's yeah. just because it's trying to protect you from yeah. something. But it, yeah, and it's sort of the part of the brain that controls the gut feelings that, again, a lot of sentient beings have where their cognition is like eat, shit, yeah. sleep, breathe, stay safe. Mm-hmm. And it might not like logically register with your higher mind that can yeah. like think of complete thoughts, but uh knows somewhere that something is wrong and you have to make yourself safe this subconscious- is also called the caveman brain I yeah think. yeah and honestly the subconscious mind the caveman brain is way more prevalent than people give it credit for which is yeah. why it's always like listen to your gut yeah because it knows yeah because again it's your caveman brain that is keeping you safe exactly yeah. anyway so yeah so there's that then yes uh you know i freaking love the uncanny valley yeah (laughs) and the kids are exactly that because they look like humans but you know that they're not human just because of first of all the eyes yeah but also the weird feelings the way that they speak the way that they their clothes is kind of off their hair is kind of off it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um another theory that was kind of alluded to in brian bethel's and i think you also alluded to it vampires Huh. Mostly because of the mythology that they need to be let into your house. Yeah. Um, also, this is just my own personal hypothesis, but they don't seem to age, mm. and they seem to act a lot older than they actually are. Mm. So if we're talking about um, how, like, I think you mentioned something like, oh, yeah, they've <laughs> learned over time or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, like, what re- what we regular humans on earth read as like 14 15 16 uh year old human could be grown adult with years of experience being a grown adult in whatever creatures they are yeah yeah maybe they only grow to that kind of height and that kind of build and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and that kind of behavior yeah Yeah. so like with the and I'm not saying that they're fully vampires like the, that, like as we know vampires in mythology. I'm yeah. just saying they have some traits of vampires in the they need to get let in. You know something bad's gonna happen. They seem to be able to compel you to do stuff, mm. but also they do speak like, especially the ones that have antiquated clothing or something. They do seem like they've been around a long time mm. and just have stayed in the body of like a ten year old. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, that's one theory. Yeah, the most likely theory is that if people did see these kids they might have just been normal kids playing a prank yeah because nowadays you can get the like the sclera sclera contacts contacts yeah the sclera contacts are full blackout contacts but aren't because they're so opaque can't you just not see anything if you're wearing the full sclera you i might think of something else no no no. um you can see i think the way that they make colored contacts um what look those big contacts yeah. and chime out chime on if anybody wants to correct me but i think what they do is they have tiny 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 holes in uh, them yeah. so it looks like it's all black um but really it's like looking through a mesh screen oh okay you know i think i was so you can kind of see yeah. but not well i was okay <laughs> what i was thinking of is that photo shoot from like 10 years ago from America's Next Top Model with the vampires where they were wearing full whiteout contacts and they were full blind in the whiteout contacts. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> that's I didn't what I was watch thinking. America's Next Top Model. It was always boring to me. I, uh, my cousins were yeah. really into it. Yeah. I wasn't like watch it every week, but occasionally there would be marathons and I would watch yeah. the marathons. <laughs> anyway. I was more into cartoons, even yeah. though I was like in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. All right. 
Um, if you have any other theories, though, yeah. Lisa, okay, I would love to hear them because um, my main three are aliens, vampires, or just people playing pranks. <laughs> I think those cover all of mine. Yeah. So could be some other weird unearthly thing, but I mean. I just saw, yeah, I mean, Men in Black could play a part because we're yeah. going to get into that in a bit. How, All right. Real quick before I get, I know I'm like leading up to it, but yeah. it, this is like the craziest story. So I'm just yeah. trying to get everything out before then. <laughs> I want to go into why black eyed kids are so disturbing to us. Mm. So this is a quote from, um, there's a YouTube channel um, called Storied. And I highly recommend it. Mm. It's put on by PBS. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and they go mm. in, they have like a, a monster series where they go yeah. into the different monsters of mythology and stuff. Okay. So they talked about Black Eyed Kids. Um, and this is a quote from them. So Black Eyed Kids. Uh, they defy the romanticized notion of childhood and the inherent goodness of children. Mm. Ideas that have evolved over time. The perception of children as innocent and weak, requiring constant adult instruction, both morally and physically, is a relatively modern invention. Hmm. So, getting back into history, before the Romantic period, children weren't seen as uh, overly significant. They did chores and helped the family, and they weren't, ne- but they weren't necessarily seen as like little bundles of joy that we need to protect. Hmm. They were just like a part of the family, hmm. at least not in like a broad scale. Like, I can't speak for the individual scale, but in a broad scale. Children were just seen as small adults. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, um, so is that why all there's those Renaissance paintings of babies looking like they came out the womb <laughs> with a mortgage and 12 yes. kids of their own? <laughs> I really think that they just didn't think about, like, they didn't study children. Yeah. They were just like, adult, but smaller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> adult, but physically does not know how to walk yet. Yeah, serious. Just put it on their lap. Yeah. That's what all those all those paintings of Jesus where he just oh, looks yeah. like a full adult yeah. Again, without a beard. Jesus coming out the womb with a mortgage and twelve kids. Serious. Yeah. Um, after the industrial age, infant mortality declined. Literature and philosophy regarding child education grew, and child labor was starting to get reexamined as seen as a bad idea, maybe. <laughs> so the cultural concept of the child changed and shifted. So now children weren't seen as valuable because of their usefulness, but because of their innocence, and they were beginning to be seen as vulnerable. Remind me again what the romantic period is. Romantic period. It was toward the end of the 18th century. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like Which, late 1700s. So yeah, about around when the industrial yeah. okay. revolution started. Not before not yet but like it was getting there yeah yeah um so after world war ii youth culture became a thing in the 1950s pop culture um like was more prevalent people were Mm. talking about like teenagers they started showing examples of bad kids in literature and film uh which began the theme of children being born evil or being possessed concepts that made it through the 70s with movies like the exorcist pet cemetery rosemary's baby and the omen huh uh, so this perversion of childlike innocence mm. could be a factor of why black-eyed kids are disturbing to our psyche. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. There's a bunch of other explanations as to why black-eyed kids can be seen as disturbing. It could be people subconsciously being afraid of youth culture and veering away at like how youth is veering away from traditional ideas. And oh, stuff. yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could be a manifestation of Freud's Oedipus complex where the id of the child's brain instinctually wants to murder the parents. Although we know that Fro- Freud had some weird ass ideas. Yeah. So I don't fully accept that theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it could also be fear of the Peter Pan syndrome, which is a child's desire to kill in order to reject their own future adulthood. Huh. You know, we should do an episode about J.M. It was J.M. Barry who wrote Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because apparently that's, like, yeah, not had... consciously autobiographical, but, like, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he had a sibling who died yeah, at, like, 10 or 12 or something. Or something and Is his it... mom never got over it. And so J.M. Barry, like, 
basically acted like a 10 or 12 or however old the however ever yeah, old the brother had, like, was he never trauma. aged yeah uh he sort of never aged beyond that because the ma was so traumatized that the oh. kid was trying to sort of fill the role of the brother oh, that died and if the brother or sibling or whoever never aged beyond that certain point then neither would he also isn't the original i haven't read it but isn't it like the original story way more disturbing yeah i mean i haven't read it either but yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that'd be a fun episode. Yeah. Um, traumatized authors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you mean every author? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> really, though, that's kind of why black-eyed kids might be disturbing because they're children. Yeah. Um, and then we look at the black eyes. Yeah. So they say the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm. So what happens when you can't see somebody's eyes? Mm. It seems like they're kind of soulless, mm. you know? Not just that, but on an instinctual level, it's unsettling because if you look at somebody and they have blacked out eyes, mm. you can't tell if they're looking at you. Mm. You can't tell if they're looking beyond you or mm. what they're looking at. Mm. I mean, even with things, with like, I'm thinking of horses, for example, yeah. like their eyes are mostly black, but they still get the whites. The eyeball still has a little bit of white. And so you can kind tell they're tell. if they're looking all the way over because you get the little bit of white on the rim or something like that. So if you can't even tell that there's they're looking all the way over someplace, then that is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then historically, dark eyes have been seen as more evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have very dark brown eyes yeah so they're very I pretty been somebody's nightmare <laughs> <laughs> but you still have whites in your eyes though. i know i know but and your eyes are very very pretty thank so you. i don't know oh, thank <laughs> you please stop <laughs> no. um don't stop <laughs> but either way oh um but not just like because of you know in history dark eyes have been seen more evil but yeah. if you think about media like mm. movies, if you want to show someone's possessed, oh, you, you, you white out or black out yeah, their yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you want to show that someone is evil, you you know give them dark yeah. eyes yeah. or something. Yeah. So it could be also just our subconscious, like our brain pulling yeah. media, especially since this is a recent phenomenon. Yeah. Um, and then a note that I put that I was like, wait, let me put a note like while I was typing. Yeah. I think it's personally. I think the black eyed kids are the scariest. Because of the um, concept of home invasion. Oh, They're yeah. trying to get into yeah. something that's supposed to be a safe space. Yeah. But then again, that goes back to the lizard brain, like, yeah. protect your safety and stuff. And yeah. so it's sort of like a, it registers as something's not right because it's not. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's also a, a reason why it's so scary because it's like you're, the only thing in between you and this demon or whatever it is mm. is just your brick wall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even then they are at the point of entry. It's the weakest point. Yeah. Exactly. And apparently if they can follow you from town to town, like where are you safe? Yeah. Sort of True. thing. True. So now that we've gone over the origins or not the, or what, the possible explanations and why they're so unsettling, I want to tell you what happens if you let in a black-eyed child. Let me start by saying that I know how hard this all will be to believe, but now that things have taken a turn for the worse, I started looking for stories similar to mine. I made the mistake of letting the black-eyed kids inside, and now I'm worried that I might die because of it. I hope this will be a warning to everyone who is ever in the position to make the same to mistake that I did. Also, side note, they are doing free work just outside uh, my apartment right now. So any like weird buzzing in the background, that's what that is. It's the black eyed kids. No, <laughs> it's the middle of the day. First of all, <laughs> why do you think we record at ten thirty in the morning? Serious. Otherwise, if I couldn't even sleep doing the research, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. So. I live just outside a rural town in Vermont. It's a tight... Oh, so not in the South this time. Not in the South. Okay. It's a tight-knit community where everyone knows one another and people don't lock their doors at night. Mm. There has never been any need to. Mm. I never trust communities like that. Yeah. <laughs> a little over a year ago, I woke up because I heard a loud banging on my front door. At the time, my husband and I lived in a small home on a dirt road just off the rural route into town. It was... 
the middle of a snowstorm and the nearby hills get very slippery in the snow so I thought that someone might have been in an accident and broken down. When I looked out the window, I could see that our motion spotlight was on. I could see that there were footprints in the snow that had come from our road and into our driveway, but there was no car anywhere. Hmm. The snow was still covering the road and no one had driven on it for at least a couple hours. Hmm. Our front door was obscured from the window, but I could see that someone was standing there. Hmm. I wasn't sure what to think, so I woke my husband up just to feel safer. While I was telling him what was going on, the banging on the door started again, and my husband went to answer it while I stood in the hallway. When he opened the door, there were two children standing in the snow, looking toward the ground. They were a boy and a girl, and could not have been more than eight years old. They were dressed strangely and had odd haircuts. The girl's hair was very long and straight, and the boy had a dated haircut that almost looked like a bowl cut. They weren't dressed for winter, and my first thought was that they must have been Mennonite children, but as far as I know, there was never a large community of Mennonites near us. Also... One would presume that the Mennonites know how to make, like, cloaks and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I think she was just saying because they had antiquated clothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But still, again, yeah. <laughs> because uh, you don't engage in certain tech and stuff doesn't yeah. mean that you don't know that you should wear, wear layers in the winter. <laughs> exactly. Thinking back on it, I know that my normal reaction to seeing children in a snowstorm would have been to rush them inside and bundle them up with some blankets and hot cocoa, but that's not how this felt. Mm. The children were very unnerving. Mm. They would not make eye contact. And when my husband asked them if everything was okay, they asked if they could come in. My husband looked at me like, what do I do? And I asked the kids where their parents were. They'll be here soon, is all they said. It was around 2 o'clock in the morning at this point. So the only reasonable thought in my head was there must have been some accident that these kids ended uh, or that these kids got lost. As much as my instincts told me not to bring them inside, I did it anyway. I f- <laughs> again, lizard brain. Like, like again, if listen your to your lizard is brain, <laughs> registering that like don't let these people in because for any reason, yeah, really. Yeah, but like especially because again, lizard brain is protect your community, but also lizard brain is protect your home, and if your lizard brain is trumping the protect the tiny ones yeah. with uh protect your safe space then maybe you should listen to that especially because she said her normal reaction would be yeah. oh yeah, yeah. let's leave these kids in or whatever so obviously because, yeah in any like sure i don't know a kid situation like yeah. if a random kid showed up in the middle of the day I'd be like what is going on but again it's like it's 2 a.m in a roller road and there is a bunch of snow on the ground like at least Bring them in so they don't get frostbite. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> okay. I went into the kitchen to make them some hot cocoa while my husband took them into the living room. While I was fixing the kettle, I could hear my husband talking to the kids. He was asking them if they were okay, where they came from, how far they walked, if their parents' car was broken down, things like that. But they always answered, our parents will be here soon. They spoke in a sing-songy voice. They weren't afraid to be in a stranger's home at all. I started to notice that our cats, we had four, were all hiding except Pigeon, who was in the kitchen with me. Normally, our cats are very curious and friendly and we have to be careful that we that they don't run out the door when we leave. This time, none of them even tried to see who was here, which huh. I thought was very strange. Huh. All of the hair on Pigeon's neck was standing up and his tail was puffed up while he looked in the living room. Pigeon's when- lizard brain is <laughs> on it as well as this person's is. <laughs> When I bent down to pet him and see what was wrong, he hissed and started growling and backed up until oh, he had, had hid himself under the kitchen island. I have never seen him do that before. Oh. Like I said before, listen to your animals. Yeah. <laughs> when I walked back into the living room, the kids were sitting on the couch um, as still as can be, but my husband was holding his head in his hands. I asked him what was wrong, and he just said that he felt very dizzy all of a sudden, but that he was fine. I turned back to the children to give them their cocoa, but when they looked up at me, I gasped. It took everything inside me not to drop the mugs and run away. When they looked at me, their eyes were completely black. They had no whites, just giant black pupils. Dun dun dun. When they saw that I was scared, they stood up and asked if they could use the bathroom. I tried to be as composed as I could be and showed them down the hall. 
They went into the bathroom together and I hurried back to my husband to ask him if he had seen their eyes. He had seen them too and said it looked like his brother's badly bruised eyes after a car accident. We were in the middle of talking about whose children they could be when my husband's nose started to bleed. He'd never had nosebleeds as long as I'd known him. I just knew inside myself that this has some had something to do with the kids in the bathroom, and I started crying while I ran to get my husband some tissues. That's when the power went out. Oh, no. I heard my husband yell my name from the living room, and as I started to walk back through the hallway, I stopped dead in my tracks. The two children were standing at the end of the hallway. They weren't moving, and I've never been so scared in my whole life. They that, just stood there in the dark. That is some shining ass. That's what I thought of too. <laughs> That's terrifying. Oh also, at this point, how does she not just scream at them to leave? Yeah. I would I have know. screamed at them to leave as soon as I saw their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're getting ready to almost drop stuff, like. I don't know. Everyone in this store, in these stories has way more patience than I have is what I'm realizing. And then I wonder if it's, at least in this situation, there is something to be said about like the social contract, the social contract that humans often engage Mm -hmm. in. Um, Because part of the social contract is, well, you have to be polite in order to, in order to keep group cohesion. Because again, going back to the lizard brain, Humans have survived by being in community, and you can't mess up the community too, too much. Yeah, especially because they seem to still think these are somebody's children. Yeah, or at least they're trying to tell themselves that that they are somebody's children because community, something, something. Anyway. (laughs) Lizard brain. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) After what felt like forever, the boy said, our parents are here. And they walked to the door, opened it, and walked out, leaving it wide open. My husband jumped up to go close it and almost fell over. We looked out the window and saw two men standing by a black car idling at the end of our driveway. The men looked like they were wearing black colored suits and were very tall, Mm -hmm. at least six feet. When my husband waved at them, they just stared at us, got into the car and drove off. Our power came on about half an hour later, but nothing was the same after that. Over the next few months, three of our cats went missing. This is trigger warning for animal death we can only assume that they ran away somewhere and never came back for the worst but the worst thing was coming home to find pigeon in a puddle of blood on the living room floor he Aww. looked like he'd been vomiting blood the vet told us he had some kind of hemorrhage oh pigeon i know poor pigeon after my husband's nosebleeds became a regular occurrence we went to see the doctor he didn't know what to make of it other than dry nasal passages, but my husband was diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. When the doctor asked us if, he's, if he used tanning beds, we both thought he was joking, but apparently this kind of mel- uh, melanoma. 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 <laughs> is linked to overuse of indoor tanning. The doctors think he will recover, but don't understand how it got so bad so quickly. My husband has never worked in an out- worked an outdoor job and spends relatively little time in the sun. So, with no... He got skin cancer. Yeah. And, again, like, I guess there's no genetic predisposition for it. Because, like, I have to wear Factor 45 all the time because my dad's side is Irish and I <laughs> burn in 45 minutes or less. So... <laughs> I, I, from what I'm guessing, it seems like they hadn't even thought that there was a possibility yeah, before. Because, like, I know I have to wear Factor yeah. 45 all the time. Otherwise, I will burn and I'll genetic predisposition for that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't work outside and you don't have a family history, then... But listen to this. Mm. Since we let the black-eyed kids inside our home, I've also suffered from regular dizzy spells and nosebleeds on a regular basis. Oh, wow. I've had other issues, which I won't mention here, but trust me when I say that I am suddenly in the worst condition of my life and no one can do anything about it. Huh. So if it was genetic, it would also be her. Yeah. Because, and they're not related, they're married. Yeah. So. I mean. In certain states, that's well. They're not in Vermont. Effective. They're not. <laughs> yeah, but they're in Vermont, so I didn't think that's what happened. Anyway, <laughs> either uh, way, she is getting. She is now getting the same. Um, weird things. Weird things that her husband did, and I have to assume that her husband got them sooner because he was in closer proximity to them for oh, longer periods for of time. Long, because yeah. she kept being to the kitchen, going to the, the bathroom, kitchen, yeah, 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 all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, 
But he was with them the whole time. Yeah. Let me see. I know that all this is because I let the black-eyed children into my home. We've told everyone we could about the strange kids that showed up at night, but no one else saw them, and some laugh at how scared we were of the Mennonite kids. But we know what we saw. I wish my husband had never opened the door. Mm. Feel free to publish this as a warning to others about the black-eyed kids. My advice would be to lock your doors, call the police, and wait for morning. Don't make the same mistake that I did. Damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's all I have, which oh, wow. is, you know, which it's is a lot, a lot yeah. of content. But like I said, yeah. I got into a rabbit hole with this yep. research. Yep. There's so, if you just type in Black Eyed Kids stories or go on Reddit yeah. and type in Black Eyed Kids, yeah. there's hundreds whether or not you believe they're real, that's up yeah. to you. Yeah. But they are creepy. The creepy stories. So they are super creepy. Be warned. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's all I yeah. have for today. Any final thoughts? This last story has credence, uh, adds credence to the thing that there's some sort of weird alien hybrid men in black anomaly. Yeah. yeah. We should also do something we about, do something men, about in men in black because uh, they also aren't completely human yeah from what the stories say but also like we live in the greater dc area we don't want to invoke that because don't sue. yeah not going back to the superstition yeah. <laughs> yeah. call back yeah um so if you have any if other. you have any black eyed kids kid stories send it in dreary midnight podcast at gmail.com is the best place to do that um we want to start leave, uh, reading uh reviews soon if anyone's <laughs> left a review uh this episode we are recording a few weeks in advance so if you uh have already reviewed and we haven't read it out uh that is why but it's on its way <laughs> yeah it's on its way but um we're pre-recording a couple things because it's peak season and we got to get ahead of stuff. Yeah. But wow. follow us on Instagram at Dreary Midnight Pod. <laughs> uh, donate to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Dreary Midnight. Send an email at Dreary Midnight Podcast at gmail.com. And with all of that said. Whatever you do. Do, do not, not let, let in the, the black-eyed black children, okay? That wasn't even intentionally synchronized, but we have do the not same wavelength right now. Uh, that it, it's our lizard brains yeah, connecting. Lizard brain, yeah. <laughs> Connect your lizard brain and don't don't open the door for strangers yeah, at night or uh, in general. Yeah, Just, but especially black-eyed strangers being too polite for kids in 2023 yeah. that is in fact the official dreary midnight stance <laughs> do not be overly polite in 2023 yeah. <laughs> definitely be polite to maintain the social contract but if it's not serving anybody's safety uh fuck the social contract Serious. Um, but don't let in the black-eyed kids yeah it's not safe and safe travels home on this dreary midnight good night good night